Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Luke Martin and I'll be your host for today's episode. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. TICT is the peak industry body for the tourism industry in the beautiful state of Tasmania. If you're a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener and enjoy today's episode, remember there are now over 100 Talking Tourism conversations available from wherever you access your podcasts, or you can simply stream them on the TICT website, tict.com.au. We are recording this podcast today on the lands of the Palawa and the Pakana, and TICT offers its respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people, their elders past and present, for their enduring care and management of these islands. Today's episode is brought to you by our partner, Tas Vacations. Tas Vacations make it easy to plan your Tasmanian self-drive holiday. They love, live and breathe Tasmania and will share their local knowledge of Tasmania's attractions, cruises, guided walks, wineries and favourite restaurants. You can choose from one of their popular holiday packages, including accommodation and car hire, and ask them to create a tailored touring holiday just for you. Thanks to Tas Vacations for their generous support of TICT and for helping to make this episode of Talking Tourism possible. And now let's get into today's chat with one of the people in Tasmania I frankly admire more than anyone, and it is Mitch McPherson, the founder and the chief uh, all things of Speak Up, Stay Chatty. G'day, Mitch. G'day, Luke. Thanks so much for having me. Mitch, uh, for those that are not aware, and I I think most of our audience are about 50% Tasmanians, and there wouldn't be a single Tasmanian who wouldn't be somewhat uh, aware of the Speak Up, Stay Chatty and what it represents, uh, simply because it's on every second car you see driving around the state. But look, in one minute, give us a potted history of Speak Up, Stay Chatty. Yeah, uh, well, that's something I'm really proud of these days as to how many people actually say that they do know who we are and what we do. I spent so many of the first few years introducing it and talking about it, and it's nice these days and something I'm really proud of and I'll have to. But, yeah, for those that don't, um, Stay Chatty is a, a mental health organiza- awareness organisation that I set up about eight and a half years ago. In 2013, I lost my little brother, Ty, who was 18 years of age. He took his own life and, um, yeah, very long story short, but we um, we grieved pretty hard for a few months until I wanted to remember him in a positive way and came up with the idea of a little pair of footy shorts and a bumper sticker and um, started selling them, started blogging about my emotions and my feelings of, of being bereaved by suicide and the rest is very much history. I started public speaking and um, connected with Relationships Australia Tasmania and, yeah, I've been full-time now for nine years and we've got a team of eight that deliver programs across the state into schools and sporting clubs and, um, yeah, I'm a, a public speaker and someone that, as you said then, is, you know, quite well-respected in this space, which is something that I'm, I'm really, really proud of. It's, it shouldn't be undersold. How many times have you told your story? Yeah, fully I've done nearly, uh, I think it's just over 900 times I've done like a sort of a 50 to 55-minute keynote. So, um, And then, yeah, throw in, I suppose, a lot of Q&As and abbreviated versions. So it's certainly um, a lot of times that I've, I've relived my story, um, which I don't know how that makes me feel sometimes. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I've, I reckon I've seen you present it in various different lengths and depths probably four or five times and yeah. uh, for those, and I, you know, again, I reckon a lot of our audience have heard you speak, certainly at, uh, some of our events as well included. Um, it, is a, it is a roller coaster of every level because you do tell the full story and I guess this leads to the topic of the conversation today is that 
your courage and your willingness to talk openly about mental health and and to I guess shine a light on um, on something that we all need to be more confident to speak about, whether it's mm. related to ourselves or our family or friends. It, it is so the core of what you do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I think it's, I get asked that all the time. You know, how do you keep doing it, or why do you keep doing it? I I established a few years ago my why, and it really does help me. I I do it for my parents, and I do it for other parents I've met over the last nine years that have lost a child. I, I just think that, and being a dad myself now, I think losing a child would, would be one of the hardest things ever, but I can't help but feel that when it's suicide, it just takes it to another level. Um, so I'm always, yeah, I have so many days in this space where I don't feel like doing it or, or don't feel like being vulnerable and sharing my story. But, yeah, I do it for my parents and the other parents and, and then my little girl. I, I like to think that the work I do, you know, is paving the way for our young kids, you know, that when they're 15, 16 and they're having some issues or navigating life, hopefully we've created a, a kinder and more accepting world for anyone that might be struggling with some mental health issues or not know where they're at or, or feeling a little vulnerable. So, yeah, it's um it's a challenging space to work in, but I, I feel very purposeful in what I do and, uh, and I certainly love many, many areas of the work I get to do every day. The attitudes, I, I just speak from my own perspective and experience the way community attitudes are changing particularly in young people around how we view mental health and the, the ability to speak openly about our mental well-being and, and yeah. calling out um, risk factors the the way that's changed so quickly you must feel that you've been part of that in at a local uh, level and it, must give it, you yeah. reaffirm what you're doing Absolutely. I mean, and I know you're gonna. We're gonna talk about short stay in a minute, but we just had our launch then, and we have a few Hutchins boys rock up and some younger kids. And um, look, our work focuses on all ages, all demographics, no matter where you are or what you do. But I just love the fact that young people are empowering what we do. They're the they're the ones that are going to grab grab this with both hands or grab mental health with both hands and steer it in a direction that we all want it to go. So the more they can be involved and break down the stigma for their mates, classmates, you know, um, players, people they play sport with, the, the better hands and the bigger difference that we're going to be able to make with it. Yeah, and let's, before I just jump on into that space, because that's really what I want to want to focus on, I'll let you do the quick plug though, because if you do like <laughs> what Mitch has to say and you do like your podcasts, uh, you have recently launched your own podcast called Get Frank, which uh, I've listened to nearly every episode and it is fantastic and you're far better at hosting than uh, I could ever be, <laughs> so you're off to a very good start. Um, Thank if, you. How's that, uh, where's that come from? Just a new forum to, to engage with people? Pretty much, yeah. Look, I'm pretty well um, branded with the Stay Chatty Brush. You know, anything I ever do, I'm representing our brand. And, look, I, I love that and I'm really proud of it. But there'll come a time in my life where I want to do different things and I've been fortunate to do a lot of media and some radio and I, and I absolutely love that. And I suppose to sharpen my skills and mix with that as well as sharing other people's stories, yeah, I, I procrastinated on it for about two years. But finally did it and, um, yeah, just it's called Get Frank. It's just having people on to share a – happy, sad um, life journey um, and I'm really, really enjoying it and, yeah, I'm, I'm getting some really lovely feedback, which I absolutely did not um, expect but um, had some great guests, got some great guests lined up and it's just, for me, I suppose it's just been something else to really focus on. Like, you know, I, I, as I said, I live and breathe mental health and suicide and, and these guests I'm having on aren't always or not necessarily mental health related so it's nice to just have other people talk to me about their story and it not necessarily be about mental health. So it's certainly something that I'm, I'm really, really, really enjoying. 
Yeah. Um, well, congratulations. It's as I say, Thank if you. anyone's uh, anyone's had a chance to listen, there's a, a couple of well-known Tasmanians. I know um, you've got some tourism and hospitality people already on it, and um, we'll, yep. we'll be in the future as well. So some well-known Absolutely. people from our industry will be on it. Um, now let's unpack. So I, I, one of the challenges, and you've been engaging with us, and I know you've got your own connections right through the hospitality sector as well, and particularly yep. Hobart. It has been two years of hell and we've always been entirely conscious about the need and the challenges some of our businesses have experienced. I guess, what have you observed or in conversations, what have been the, the I guess, from the mental wellbeing aspect of how people have been handling the last couple of years of COVID and I guess from the resilience that you've seen? What, what's yeah. the conversations you've been having? Yeah, lots. And I think um, oh, it's been a hell of a journey and I think there are not too many more spaces than yours have been affected affected by it. Look, there's been a lot of sad stories and there's a lot of trying times for, you know, business owners and staff members and colleagues and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, I've always really throughout COVID, um, and it was probably easier said than done for me because I didn't, you know, my job was never in jeopardy. I was always able to work from home. I had all our team were never going to lose jobs. So people might say that it's all in, um, it was going well for me. So it was easy to say. But I always really tried to focus on the positives out of it and 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 share people's stories and rejoice in the positive things that had happened and rejoice in the the positive stories that people might have shared with me out of what they went through. I mean, you know, and and I'm sure a lot of your listeners. We'll know about the hardship, but I think for me, one of the the biggest highlights, especially in your space and your world, was just some incredible stories of how many people just rallied together. I think it's I'd never ever compare. It was only Anzac Day recently, and I'd never ever compare it to going to war. Absolutely not. But we were up against something, and I think just the way people rallied together was something that everyone can be inspired by. Um, I think you know staff members um, and their employers, you know, really having good, open, frank conversations about the future, and that is something that never would have really ever happened if COVID didn't come along. And I'm I'm sure every conversation didn't go to plan or didn't go the way it wanted, but it, it did allow for vulnerability. It allowed for honesty and it allowed for a, a real open look at what's happening in the future. So, um, yeah, there, there were lots of stories coming out about that. Um, but no doubt, uh, as I said, uh, um, an incredibly trying time, but I'm sure there was some, and I know for a fact that there were some really solid relationships built mm. um, out of really difficult periods of time. There's a, an amazing stat we had from our sentiment survey last week, um, you know, 350, 400 members of our industry and uh, after the two years they've had, 95% of them said they have a positive outlook for the industry, which wow. is an extraordinary sign of resilience. It's, yes. <laughs> I don't, yep. To me, that the fact that the spirit was so strong and we, we saw it play out, you know, all the industry events, the, the hookups that were held virtually in 2021, 2020 and then started to do physical events in 2021. The group that I've always always been mindful of, though, is that, geez, it's an isolating industry. You know, yeah. couples sitting at B&Bs in regional Tasmania, you know, people running and trying to balance books for coffee shops in, you know, rural towns where, you know, they don't want to show vulnerability. And I guess, to me, I, like if anyone's listening to this, and I know neither of us are mental health experts, and that's, I mean, in the sense of, you know, qualified to offer medical advice. No, no. But, yep. And we should emphasise that. But if you are listening and you are struggling, I guess take through some practical strategies that you would suggest people should pursue because we know they're out there. Yeah, they are. And I think you said the resilience is a really good point. I think people have learned so much about it. I think Look, it's, it's hard to be in the midst of a disaster or in the midst of a really difficult time and have to not done any mental health sort of homework. And I think 
the biggest thing, if anyone's out there now struggling, I mean, I've still, um, look, I've never met anyone in my nine-year journey that has come up to me and said, oh, I reached out for help or I told someone how I was feeling and I felt worse. You know, that has mm. never, ever happened. I reckon I've got a 100% strike rate of everyone that said, I felt, I feel this way or I'm going through this that shared that with someone. Automatically, even if it was just 0.5%, they felt a little bit better. So I think, you know, finding finding someone to have that conversation with is really important and look that's why i think our message is and what we do is really important it's reminding people of the services that are out there like lots of people don't know where they can go and get help or or who they can turn to for that support but um it is out there it's in regional little areas it's in small little towns there's there's professionals there's people out there to help but look i think my biggest advice is um if you're struggling you know do your absolute best to find that support find that person that you can talk to if you're not struggling i think you can never really go through life um well i'm telling you right now you shouldn't go through life assuming that you'll never face adversity Mm. um or a tough time and i remember a teacher in my school told me you've got i don't i didn't study much luke you've heard my story before i was a little shit at school and didn't do too much learning and, and educating myself but i remember a teacher said you've got five fingers and every finger should represent someone you can turn to in your life now I know that not everyone's got five fingers, not everyone's got five people, but I think if we stop and breathe and think about it, we'd have a couple, you know, and it might just be the person you buy milk off or or the person where you go and buy your bread, but have a think about it, you know, and know that in those trying times there's some options for you to go and have a conversation. Yeah, and also we all have people in our own networks that we we need to be mindful of and the lookout and, you know, again, that's something I've had to learn discipline over the last couple of years is that, you know, in, in previous days, you know, we all member associations, you get operators who are um, would lash out for a yep. variety of reasons. That's their right. They, you know, you buy yep. a membership or you're a stakeholder, it's your right to lash out. But I guess the thing I've had to learn, you know, through listening to you and Bianca Walsh and the other people we've had in our, um, in our space talking about mental well-being is that you don't know what's on the other side of that email or that phone or what they're looking yep. at or their livelihoods yep. or dreams are hanging on by the decisions that, you know, they're seeing you make. Um, Correct. So, yeah. so it's not just about ourselves being mindful of our own well-being. It's the people we engage with on a daily basis, and just being a bit more, I guess, considerate and yeah, know, absolutely. And if absolutely, and if I can just add, I think look, I'm an AOK ambassador, and I absolutely love the, the message that they send. But um, one of their messages is to trust your gut around that, and I think that you know it is hard to see over emails and Zoom and things like that. But yeah, if you're someone sitting there now today struggling, find an avenue to to have a conversation and know that it will get better. But on the other hand, if you see someone struggling or you've got that that feeling in your gut that they are battling, you know, please find a way to communicate them and let them know that you're there for them. And you don't have to for them. You don't have to change their life and take it all on board and then be Superman and go and fix it all for them. But just listen and and I always say just shut your shut your mouth and open your ears and know that by sitting there being that sounding board, you might actually be in fact the the difference to that person waking up the next day. So yeah, really really important to know that listening can save a life. So another group of people, and I'm particularly conscious, I guess, some of our younger people in the industry, the reality is we've got a whole lot of them getting absolutely flogged at the moment. <laughs> mm, it's busy. Yeah. It's good. Um, but they're also dealing with um, you know, staff shortages through their businesses. And we know particularly the hospitality sector, it's an industry notorious for long hours, unsociable hours, a bit of a booze culture, um, yeah. and also an industry that's, you know, you do get dragged onto the coal face, you know, you know, day's end, it's hard to manage your balance in your life. Um, you know, what sort of insights do you offer you know, that, that crowd? Because we, we, we are seeing, I think, a risk about our, the I guess, the livability of our industry, uh, people who want to choose to work in our industries because of that sheer uh, physical and mental 
you know, pressure that they're under um, in an industry that's often unforgiving. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing there is, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things that wouldn't be very good for your well-being, and you, we do all do that, you know, even I'm an advocate for self-care and I know that you're passionate about it, Luke, but when you're busy and you're sucked into a cycle, it's really hard to to stop and sometimes get out of that. And I think that's where the onus is on you as an individual to have a think about what are the things that that stop you from, A, getting into that cycle, but then if you get in it, how do you get out? Like what are your self-care methods? I I never, I grew up never, ever thinking about that, but now it, it, I won't go as far as say saves me, but it's such an important piece of my life to recognise what makes me feel good. You know, mm-hmm. is it going for a walk? Is it making sure I drink a, a minimum amount of water? Is it a certain conversation with someone in my life? I, I talk to my best mate every morning on the way to work or wherever I'm going. We always call for a five minutes on what's been happening, how you're going. So I, I've identified those in my life and they help me so much. And I really believe that they can make a massive difference to anyone out there as well. So, yeah, I think my advice if you're caught up in that is just take a breath, you know, stop for a minute. What What is it in your life that will help you, A, get out of that, but then B, make you a little bit more resilient to not fall into that trap? And, yeah, maybe some of those health um, healthy things are good, you know, like drinking water and eating better. And we've heard them all before, but maybe we don't actually realise that they actually will make a big bloody difference for you. Um, but I think managers and, and leaders within organisations like that have to be conscious of that as well, yeah. Luke. I think, um, you know, getting paraphernalia and materials and putting them around and reminding and being, you know, that should be the top of your agenda so at team meetings, you know. Like, let, let's yeah. unpack that a little bit. So if you walked into a business, on a, one of our hotel operators, for example, or a, an attraction in regional Tasmania, and you're yep. giving advice about how or or what you would really want to see as kind of the, the, the an absolute appropriate gold plated whatever you want to call it um, yep. uh, delivery of and making sure their their business is a a place of work is a place that's um, mentally mental well being focused place of work what 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 would you want to see what would what would your advice to an employer or a manager be to to set up within that business. Well, I think it. I just think I've over the years I've been to so involved in so many workplaces, whether it's the HR group, the the managers, the leaders, or whether it's a staff member that's pitched to management for me to come out. And the biggest shift in a culture or an organisation that I've seen, whether I've gone back or whether I notice it on the days when the top are on board, um, I've been to workplaces and I absolutely love it when the leader of the organisation introduces me mentions how invested they are in it, does more, donates to our organisation. You can really see a yeah. real stronger buy-in the owner, staff. The CEO, the yep, face the of owner, the business. The owner, the CEO. I've, I went to one um, in the north of the state a couple of years ago and um, I don't think I've started this t- story too much before. 30 people, um, the CEO, I don't think you CEO, just the boss, boss man gets up, um, oh, this is great, we've invited Mitch. Um, he introduced me. He literally walked up the back of the room and shut his office door and didn't listen yeah. to me. And you could see the staff look around thinking, what the hell is going on here? Now, I didn't see the follow-up from that, but I guarantee they didn't have anywhere near as much buy-in as what an organisation would have if he sat in the trenches with them and listened to me and took it on board. So I think managers and leaders and people in that space have a really big role to play with really setting the tone and showing that they mean business and you're not just – pissing in the wind, so to speak, about it and just ticking a box. So I think that's how you can create some really big culture change. 
All right, awesome. Look, um, we could keep going on this for about another half hour. We will put we some links. <laughs> I'm going to get some links for you, though, for some um, yeah, from sure. some appropriate um, resources that people have. There is a lot in government. THA's got some good resources, and obviously yourself yep. and um, and some of the other organisations beyond Blue have some really practical resources for businesses and employers. Before you go, Mitch, um, two things we're going to get you to do. Firstly, tell us what Shorts Day is, and um, I'm uh, getting the fake tan out now for my legs on 21st of June. What is... What is yeah, Shorts Day I, and what it's about? I hid, I hid away from the old uh, fake tan last year. I <laughs> definitely rocked up a little bit browner than normal and everyone was into me about it and I didn't admit it. But this year, I'm absolutely – but my uh, my wife's friend was busy last night, so I had to go to the launch today. Uh, definitely a lot whiter than what I would have liked to be. But, yeah, Shorts Day, June 21, shortest day of the year. It's generally a cold day in June. So our initiative was um, – we wanted to have a day that celebrates who we are, what we do, and raises as much general awareness. So – June 21 is Shorts Day. It's braving the cold, braving the conversation. Um, we encourage people to wear shorts to work. But this year, Luke, um, you'd be pleased to know that um, if you don't if you don't or can't wear shorts, there's plenty of other options. We've got an um, online store opening tomorrow night with beanies, hoodies, shorts, um, badges, lots of ways you can get involved. So, yeah, head to our website, staychatty.com.au, to register. We send you out a pack. Um, and then we, we can even try and come and visit you on the day and, uh, and make a big deal of it. But, yeah, we just want people to... Brave the cold, brave the conversation. Maybe have a chat when you would, when you normally wouldn't have about mental health within your workplace, and start shifting towards a better culture and having that conversation more often. Yeah, we dipped our toe in last year. I know it was only the first year. Yeah, sure but did. We had some, um, we had some uh, great images of some of the people who were yeah. in the industry in some iconic places. Uh, Rob Pennicott. Uh, who always wear shorts, but uh, particular types of shorts. Um, <laughs> uh, so this year we'll do the same thing. So no, over that it. few you days guys. and uh, get get a lot of tourism operators in uh, iconic parts of the state uh, flashing their legs. Definitely. No, really glad to have you on board again. It's great. Uh, all right, Mitch McPherson, 900 presentations, can speak, have confronted all the challenges world life can throw at you, but you <laughs> haven't dealt with the talking tourism big seven questions. This is really how every tourism operator is going to, to judge you. Are you yes, ready? So, uh, I'm ready, but I'm also nervous at some of these answers I might have for you. Some people <laughs> might not speak to me again or look at me the same, but that's okay. You've got to think of the politics and um, <laughs> of the statewide <laughs> representation. All right, yeah. to this end, favourite spot in Tasmania and why? Uh, I love winter. I love rain on the roof and I uh, went up for work to Cradle Mountain. I know it might sound a bit cliche to just no. reel Cradle Mountain off, but I got snow um, it was just a wonderful night with my wife and little one, and we just go back every year. It is just our one of our favourite. Well, it is our favourite spot in Tassie, so it's got to be Cradle Mountain. And as uh, your daughter gets older, the wombat is going to take an extra yes, level of significance. Yes, big fan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, favourite Definitely. travel destination anywhere in the world? Uh, I have been to a uh, couple of places that uh, may surprise you or may not. I went to the Maldives for our honeymoon, so that was. Look, that was our first holiday together and we thought, look, how are we ever going to cap this? It was an incredible place. Um, but then um, in 2018, I went to Syria. So my wife's um, Muslim and we went to Syria for a few weeks and I love both. And, you know, if I had the choice to go back to one, I'd go back to Syria. And Syria. I just think because I honestly, I just love, I love the people. I love looking around and I learned so much about Myself, I suppose, and again, that sounds like I'm the most cliche person ever, but I came back with just a real fresh perspective on how much we have here, power, hot water. Mm. Um, I think if anyone in life gets the opportunity to go somewhere like that, it'll change you for the better, and I think we should all try and get along to somewhere like that if we get the chance. Good. Uh, yeah, look, at I think any time you're taking out of your, your, your 
comfort zone of Western yeah. comforts and, and just see. And also I think anytime you'd see a, a largely Islamic country and the, the discipline and the, the yep. values that they represent um, is, uh, is, is always a positive thing for your own upbringing. All sure. right. Now, someone coming to Tassie for the very first time in their lives uh, asks Mitch McPherson, what's the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here? What do you tell them? You got to go to Frank Restaurant on the, down on the wharf. Absolutely love Scotty McMurray in there. He's a ripping fella. He's a very charitable man, but their food is a one. And I absolutely send anyone into Frank Restaurant. It is a pretty great spot. Great restaurant. Great location. Great, uh, great experience. Great spot. All definitely. Right. You're walking the Overland Track. Have you done the Overland? I actually haven't. No. 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 When you do, you get to go with three people: famous, yep. not famous, living or dead. Who are they, and why? I had a good think about this and I wanted to just go, you know, three items that I'd love to have a conversation with. But um, I thought about it and I thought my wife, because then it's a memory that we can, A, a it keeps me safe by saying that, but then B, um, we get to have memories that we get to talk about for the rest of our lives. The second one would be Michael Jackson, massive um, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson. Michael Jackson fan. Wow. And the third, the third one, um, I actually thought that, and I hadn't ever really thought about this before, but um, you said whether they were here with us or not, and I thought my little brother. Uh, I, um, yes. I do so much in my life, and I think, yeah, Michael, he and I loved MJ. He didn't get to spend enough time with my wife, and uh, I'd obviously love to have him back, so they'd be my three. Great answer, Mitch. Um, you're road tripping around Tasmania. What are you listening to in the car? These are the three where people may never, ever engage with Stay Chatty ever again, but I'm, I'm an honest man and I'm going to give it to you straight. Chris Brown, Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber. Wow. <laughs> <You're saying laughs> there's a, there's a revelation. <laughs> wow. With a bit of MJ thrown in between. Wow. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. Love when, my hip-hop and R&B. You clearly do. All right. When you yep. arrive at your destination, your tipple of choice? Uh, definitely a red. Um, I actually like, I'm not sure of the standard of a Dalrymple Pinot, but from the Cull River, but I absolutely mm. love one of those. And uh, any red would do me just fine. All right. And the last big one, the big debate, the ultimate question, the question that is probably running 50-50 if we go through the 100 episodes of Talking Tourism. Is it? Okay. Curried Tasmanian scallops, a culinary delight uh, or a culinary crime? Yeah, I was massively on the fence here, but I had a good think and I thought if I had to absolutely go one way or the other, I'd probably just, just say delight, just to push it maybe to 51 49%. But, yeah, only just. Not an enormous fan, but I'd rather have it than not. All right. Uh, it depends on the quality of the pie. It's the way I think we're Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Right. Depends where you are. Where <laughs> you are. All right. All right. Well, Mitch McPherson, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your you know, inspiration. It's a challenging issue to talk about um, and you've steered me through it well, as you always do. Um, st- uh, let's just quickly plug again, uh, uh, Get Frank uh, on all your good podcasting ser- services. Put it alongside yep. Talking Tourism in your subscription. And yep. the website to find out and be part of uh, Short Stay is? Staychatty.com.au. And, of course, and Mitch, any, any, if we've anything we've spoken about has caused any issues for any of our listeners, who should they ring? Absolutely, yeah. You can visit the Stay Chatty website, staychatty.com.au. We've got a list of services there. But if it's a crisis lifeline, is available 24-7, uh, 13, 11, 14. All right, awesome. Well, thank you, Mitch. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your listeners. Uh, Talking Tourism is an initiative of TICT, and today's episode was brought to you with the support of our partner, Test Vacations. A big thanks also to Caleb Miller at Mac40 Media, audio specialist who produces all these episodes. I'm Luke Martin. This is Mitch McPherson, and thank you very much for being a part of it. Thanks for the support. Cheers. Thanks.